You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Hebrews chapter number 12. I'll try to give you what the Lord's laid on my heart for this evening. Probably not going to be very long. Uh, we'll go until, until, you know, my time runs out, until the Lord says stop. But Hebrews chapter number 12 and... Uh, and also, I, for, I failed to make mention of this, but Brother Josh is away preaching at Blackwater tonight, so uh, pray for him uh, as we're in service tonight. Hebrews chapter number 12, and uh, when you find your place, I invite you to stand in honor and reverence to the reign of God's Word. We'll see what we can learn out of here tonight. Hebrews chapter number 12, I'll read just one verse, one or two verses, and uh, we'll see what we can learn. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the same, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto the blood, striving against sin. Let's pray. Our Father, in Jesus' name, I thank You for the day that You've given us, God. Thank You for everything You've done for us, God, everything You're going to do for us, Father. God, I pray for a little while tonight that You'll just clear our minds, God. God, I pray that You open ears, hearts, and minds to Your preach word tonight, God. Pray that You help me, God. I pray You preach me the power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, God. I need Your touch. I need Your help. Please calm my nerves. God, I pray you did, you had a special blessing to the invitation hour. I pray that you'll get glory out of everything that's said and done. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You to be seated. Thank you for standing. Now, as we enter into this text in Hebrews chapter number 12, we find, we, I, we, I believe we can see three things that the writer of Hebrews, whom I personally believe to be the Apostle Paul, uh, brings to our attention by way of introduction. We notice first he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And I'd say that he shows us the witnesses that surround us. <laughs> Those are those uh, those saved, born again believers that have already gone on, that have already run their race, that have always already made it to heaven. And uh, I believe that's a very interesting verse, but considering where it follows, if you study chapter number eleven of the book of Hebrews, we know that to be the Hall of Fame of faith. We know that to be the faith chapter in the Bible, and we and he lists so many of those great witnesses that have already gone on before us, and he shows us the witnesses that surround us. But not just that. Look with us in the latter part of verse number one. He said, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And he then shows us the wickedness that stops us. The wickedness that stops us. The sin that does so easily beset us. And I say sin is and always will be the plague that plagues our nation today. It is sin today. And we see the wickedness that stops us. But in the middle of that verse, we see this. He says, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. And I'd say that simply shows us the weights that suppress us, the weights that suppress us. And with the help of God, that's what I'd like to preach along for a little while tonight, is the weights that suppress us. Now, on Wednesday nights, as you know, we've been studying on how to grow as a Christian, how to grow in our Christian life. And one thing's for certain, if we're ever going to grow as a Christian, we're going to have to lay aside some weights. We're going to have to get some things out of the way. Hey, it's okay to say, hey, amen, it is Wednesday night, amen. 
But we see we're going to have to lay aside some weights if we're ever going to grow as a Christian. And I want to preach on that thought, the weights that suppress us. Now what are weights? Weights are those things that hinder us or slow us down in living for Christ. They're actions or attitudes that damage our testimony for the Lord or our close walk with Him. Attitudes like pride, covetousness, greed, selfishness, bitterness, ingratitude, and selfishness, things of that nature, weights that weigh us down and suppress us. The writer of Hebrew tells us to lay aside these weights. Now what in the world does he mean by laying aside our weights? And let's look at let's look at a few things. I believe with the help of God, not I want to look at a few weights in our lives that I believe apply to every single one of us that we need to lay aside if we're ever going to grow as a Christian. There's some weights that need to be laid aside today. Hey, do you want to know why 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 there's so much tension between Christians today and why it seems like Christianity can't prosper, but it's all because of people that won't put their weights aside and come back together. If we quit worrying about this one goes to this church and this one goes to this church and come back together as the church, lay aside our weights and our differences, we may have a we may make a difference once again in our nation. But first I'd say we we're gonna to have to lay aside the weight of pleasures. The weight of pleasures. I begin to think about that, and if we're not careful, it's easy to let the things we enjoy doing get in the way of our relationship with God. Hey, it may not even be a bad thing, but we must beware of letting the good things get in the way of the God things. And I'll say that again because that didn't get y'all. It may, it may not even be a bad thing. It may be something that, that's harmless, something that may not be causing anybody's harm. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll let good things get in the way of God's things and the way that God works and orchestrates things. I think about hunting. I love it. I'm no good at it, but I love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm the only person I know that, that'll sit in the woods for, an, for hours on hours on end not to see anything just for someone to go back as soon as I get out and kill a monster buck. I mean, I, I, some call it luck, but I don't believe in luck. I'm just bad at hunting. Fishing, love it. Loving, I'm okay at it. But uh, fishing, hunting, sports, music, if we, these are all harmless things. It's not really much going to hurt anybody. But if we let it get in our way of our relationship with God and we let it damage our testimony and damage the work that we've tried to done for Christ, then it has become a God in our life. It's become a little G-O-D, a God in our life, an idol in our life, and it's become a weight that will weigh us down and suppress us from ever being what we could possibly be for the cause of Christ. There are some weights we don't have to lay aside, the weight of pleasures. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We see He said first, He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with hunting, but if I choose, hey, to spend, and if I choose to spend my time in the woods and not studying God's word, not praying, not going to God's house, then that has become a weight in my life, and I'm allowing that to weigh me down and suppress me from being what I could be for the cause of Christ. There's some weights we're going to have to lay aside. Matthew chapter number 10, verses number 37 through 39 says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now I'll say this, I've seen it time and time again. Parents, once their kids get to age, they start, they, they'll, they'll raise their kids up in church and they'll start doing things. I've seen this firsthand, but as those kids begin to play sports, and as those kids begin to make friends and begin to do things with friends and do these, we find that not only are their children at a church, but we find that then their parents quit coming. And we find that they've put that before the Lord. 
Verse number 38 of Matthew 10 goes on to say, that he taketh, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Second Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 3, 4, 5 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In verse number 4 it says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. We don't have to lay aside that weight of pleasures. The only pleasure that a Christian should find is the pleasure of serving Jesus Christ and living their life pleasing to the Word of God. Hey, we're gonna have to, hey, we're gonna have to put the things of this life aside that we may please Him who has chosen us to be a soldier, who saved us. And in verse number five of Second Timothy two says, "And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully." Hey, and a lot of these things that that simply talked about if we strive to try to make a living, try try to make our great riches, try to make our make our name bigger, then then we'll lose. And it says that. Yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. It's real careful to let the things that we enjoy doing become a weight in our life. Let it lay us down. Let it weigh us down. Let it suppress us from being all that we could be. We ought to strive to give God our hundred percent, our all of our effort, all of our heart, all of our strength. Hey, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, because it is our reasonable service. We're gonna have to put aside the weight of pleasures. The weight of pleasures, things we like to do. But I begin to think about this, not only the weight of pleasures, but we don't have to lay aside the weight of problems. The weight of problems. You say, what does that mean? Well, if I got up here tonight and instead of preaching, I'd done nothing, but I told you about the problems in my life. And I told you about things that were going wrong and told you that my life was falling apart and that nothing was going right, you wouldn't get much help from that, would you? No, we see that we're doing sometimes to be an effective witness to do a work for the cause of Christ, we're going to have to lay aside the weight of our problems. We're going to have to put our problems to the side. And, and, and God can help you with that problem. Hey, God is bigger than our problems. Matthew chapter number 14, I begin to think this. Peter, as Jesus come walking unto the disciples, when they were on that ship and, that, and the wind was contrary, and Peter went walking to Jesus on the ship, he could not walk in that storm by himself. If, Peter, if, we, if the Lord was not in that storm, if Peter had stepped out of that boat, he'd just sank like a rock, straight to the bottom. But and just like Peter could not walk in that storm alone, neither can we walk in our storm alone. Hey, I know so many people that are relying on their self to fix their own storms, to fix their own problems, to fix the things that are going wrong in their life, and they'll never fix it without the Lord. I was talking to a family member not too long ago, and I began to talk to her, and she began to tell me how her life was falling apart. How it seemed like everything she'd done fall apart, how it seemed like nothing was going right. It seemed like every, every time she'd take one step forward, she was taking three back, and everything was falling apart. And I told her simply, the only reason that it's falling apart is because you don't have someone to hold it together. You don't have someone to hold it together. If you'll put the Lord in the center of your life, if you'll put God first, if you'll seek ye first the kingdom of God, He'll hold that mess together. Hey, He'll help you. He'll He'll meet with you. Hey, He's a friend that's did closer than a brother, but He's not going to force you to fellowship with Him. It's up to you. It's whether it's up to you whether or not you want to have that fellowship with God, whether or not you want to walk hand in hand, whether or not you want Him to help you in your storm. Help is there. It's up to you to come get it. It's there. Peter couldn't walk in his storm alone. I like this. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, why did Jesus walk on the water? He said, to show his disciples that the very storm they feared 
was only a staircase for him to come to them. To show the disciples that the very thing that they feared, the very storm that had compassed their life that they were afraid of was only a staircase for the Lord to come and help them and calm their storm. Now we see that if we'll put our faith, if we'll trust the Lord, He'll take care of that storm. He'll calm that storm. If He can speak peace to the physical storms of the Bible, He can speak peace to our spiritual storms, to the storms that we face in our life. Hey, He's... I've begun to think about this not too long ago, but we... but. We begin to study and we begin to think and we enter a storm into our life and it seems like the wind's blowing, it seems like it's storming all around us and we ask the Lord to take care of that storm and then He does and we act surprised. And we act surprised. We ask Him to do it. He said, you have not because you ask not. You want to know some of the reasons some of you are still in your storm today? Some of the reason that uh, you're trying so hard to make it and nothing's working out is because you ain't asked Him to help you with your storm. Because you ain't gave, his, gave your storm over to Him. We don't have to lay aside the weight of our problems if we're ever going to grow as a Christian. I begin to, I've been in churches uh, all over this state and even in other states now, and, and, and everywhere I go, you, you take up prayer requests in that church, and you hear a sob story of how things are going off. When, and we need to pray for those people. But so many times, to those visitors, to those lost ones that come in and sit on a pew, if they hear nothing about how things are going wrong in our life, and how things are falling apart, and how we're in the biggest storm we've ever been in, then we're never going to be a true effective witness. And so then the joy and the love and the light of Christ through our life, if all we ever talk about is our problems, if all we ever do is complain and talk about how tired we are and how things are falling apart, we'll never be an effective witness for the cause of Christ. We don't have to lay aside the weight of our problems. The weight of our problems. We don't have to put it to the side. I begin to think about this. I begin to think about this. This, I, I, I just, simple thought I was reading, I was preaching on the radio on Sunday morning, I was preaching on Calvary. And I begin to think as Jesus, Jesus was hanging on the cross of Calvary. That was a problem. Hey, he was in a storm. He was getting ready to take the sin of the world upon himself, give up the ghost and be separated from God. That's a storm. But then there was a thief on the cross that said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdoms. Jesus put that storm that he was in to the side. He put that problem that he was in to the side. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. If we're ever going to do anything for the cause of Christ, we don't have to put our problems to the side. We don't have to put put that hurt, that past thing, that person that, that has hurt you, that's that's hurt your feelings, that problem, we're going to have to lay it to the side if we're ever going to do anything for the cause of Christ. The weight of pleasures, the weight of problems, but I begin to think about this. The weight of people. The weight of people. The weight of people. Just as much as God has people He puts in your life to help you, the devil's got people that He'll put in your life to hinder you. Hey, we must be careful who we lead in our lives. We, we have to be careful who we let into our lives. Just as much God can put someone that can help you and then can encourage you and that you can talk about with the Bible and, and share burdens and bury one another's burdens with, as much as the devil's going to put someone in your path to hinder you. To try to get your mind off of the things of God. To try to get you in the world. Do everything he can to destroy your testimony and destroy your life. That's all he wants. Just as much as God has people, so does the devil. I begin to think. I begin to think about this. I, at there where I work at, I have. There's a guy there. His name is Tim Adams. Good, good Christian man. He's deacon in church. He pastors a good independent fundamental Baptist church. And every night, 
Every night we said at that break time, we talked about the Bible. We talked about the things of God and talked about how things are doing at His church, how things are doing here at the church, and what He taught Sunday school on, what I preached on, and it was just a good time of fellowship. But then there's another guy that I worked in the same building as. It's not a Christian. And I can come back from break being filled with, being filled up, being encouraged from talking with him, and he knows exactly what to do to get me in a bad mood. To get me in a bad mood to make my night terrible for the rest of the night. Hey, he knows exactly what to do to get it on my last nerve. And he, and he stomps all over it all the time. But we see that just as much as God's got that person to encourage us, the devil's gonna have that person to hinder you and bring you down. Sometimes we'll just have to lay aside that weight of people. We don't have to turn the other cheek. I talked to a gentleman in the jail this morning that I know very well, a, fa- a distant family member very well, and, and, and he, he got out not too long ago and he was doing so good. He was going to church. He was living right. He was doing things right. But he let someone, he let the wrong person into his life. When he let that wrong person into his life, he began to take him back down that road. Begin to lead him back down the wrong way. And you know where he's at today? He's sitting in J-Block. Sitting in J-Block. Hey, 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 no open, no hey, bid charges he's got. Hey, long have just absolutely ruined what little testimony he had. All because he let the wrong person into his life. And just like us, hey, I, I, don't, I don't condemn those people because I'm no better than they are. We could all be in the same situation. But we better be careful who we let in our life. We better be careful who we let, who we fellowship with, who we talk to, who, who we're seen with. We better be careful. The Bible says abstain from the very presence of evil. Very presence of evil. Hey, there's some things we just need to be careful of. Need to be careful of. We don't have to lay aside the weight of people if we're ever going to do anything for God. I've been thinking about this. Samson thought Delilah was the one. Samson... Samson let Delilah in, into his life, and, and we see what happened. She betrayed him. She betrayed him. We find Samson at the end of his life. And he, he killed more people. In, he, he, he done more, more in his death than he ever did in his life. We see Samson was in his situation, betrayed, lost his strength, all because he let the wrong person into his life. I begin to think about, I begin to think about Uriah the Hittite. Think about this. He was one of David's mighty men. David was his king. He, he trusted David. He put his trust in David. He, 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 he worked. He was a soldier for, for David's army. He was one of David's mighty men. But then while he was on the battlefield trying to do a work and trying to help David, David was at the house shacked up with his wife. And David had Uriah the Hittite killed. David had Uriah the Hittite killed. We better be careful who we lay in our life. Even Judas and Sterret walked and fellowshiped with God. He walked and fellowshiped with Jesus and the disciples. But even the devil convinced him to betray the Son of God. Even after he had seen what Jesus had done. He'd walked with Jesus. He'd been with Jesus. He'd fellowshiped with Him. Even though he had seen all that, the devil was still able to convince Judas to betray Him. Hey, just hey, You may say, I've been in church 40, 50 years, 20 years, however long. Hey, we're, none of us are above making that wrong choice. Letting the wrong person into our life. Letting the devil hinder us and stop us and putting that person in our life to lead us astray for away from the things of God. We're going to have to... Hey, you better be careful who you let in your life. We're going to have to lay aside the weight of people if we're ever going to do the work for God. And, and, and we're going to have to get that person out of the way. 
I begin to think, and I used to dread uh, there for probably a month because of that certain individual work. I would dread going to work. I would dread having to go to work just knowing that I'd have to walk through his floor to get to my floor. I mean, it, j- just to see him would make me mad. I, I, y'all, don't look at me like that. Y'all have got people just like that in your life. Just to see him would mess up my whole mood. And, and, and I would dread going to work. But you know what? When I was in South Carolina and I was getting ready to preach revival, I was praying. I was praying there at the church. And, 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 and you know, I just said, you know, if he wants to be that way, if he wants to have a bad attitude and, and, and ruin his testimony, then so be it. Let him do it. But that shouldn't affect how I am. That shouldn't affect me letting Christ shine through me. That shouldn't affect me, my, my testimony, my attitude, my actions. So sometimes we're just going to have to put those people to the side. We're going to have to lay those people to the side. And I thought about this, and I'm moving a lot faster than I really wanted to. <laughs> but we, we're going to have to lay aside the weight of pleasures, the weight of problems, the weight of people. But we're going to have to lay aside the weight of pride. We're going to have to lay aside the weight of pride. The weight of the weight of pride. Uh, pride. I don't. Every single one of us battle with pride. Every one of us. Hey, you say some of you may not battle with the lust of the eyes, may not battle with the lust of the flesh, but one thing for certain: one of all of us at one point in time has battled with the pride of life. With the pride of life, I've been to think about a couple couple of prides that I've I've experienced in, in, in my life. I'd say the pride of face. You say what's that? That's you think that you're better than someone. Because of what you've got. Because you think that you've got a bigger and nicer house. And you've got nicer and better clothes. And therefore we look down our pharisaical noses to those who don't. We'll never be an effective witness for Christ with that kind of pride. If we all, if we always look down upon someone, we'll never do anything for the cause of Christ. That way it will suppress us and it will smother us out. And we'll, and we'll, be, we'll be like that church in Revelation. We'll be lukewarm. We're neither hot nor cold. Lukewarm. Hey, I, I was thinking about this too. I've not once ever found a fence in the Bible for someone to straddle. Hey, there's some walls in the Bible, but I've never once ever read about a fence in the Bible for someone to straddle. That's a little food for thought. Y'all go home and study that. That's message number one. It didn't cost you nothing. But we see, we don't have to lay aside the pride of face. We don't have to get that pride out of the way. Thinking, thinking that someone's below us because they don't have what we have. I begin to think and and, and and I've talked to a lot of people and people in the jail and people in prison and things of that nature and asked them, you know, did you go to church somewhere when you was out? They said, well, I got out one time, talked to this certain individual in Alabama. He said, I got out one time and I went to church. And when I walked in the door of the church, everybody moved up four rows away from me. Everybody moved away from me. Not a single person shook my hand. Not a single person spoke to me. The pastor didn't even come and speak to me. The whole service... He said, and ever since then, I never went back to church. Eventually, I ended up letting the wrong people into my life. And now I sit here serving a life sentence for murdering an elderly couple. It's terrible. Terrible. But I begin to think, I can't help in my mind, but think, well, what if? What if some Christian in that church would have walked up and said hello and been friendly and showed a smile and shared an interest and had a passion for that person's soul and cared for that person's soul if things could have been different, where's our passion at today? Where's where's it at? We don't see it nowhere. We, they come in church and we look down on them because they're not wearing the right shirt and they're not wearing the the right clothes and and they don't have they don't have everything that we have. So we look down upon them. 
It's not right. It's not right. Just as much as God died, just as much as Jesus died for you and me, He died for them too. He made a way for all. All, every single one of us. Whosoever. It's whosoever salvation. He did not put a specification on it. He didn't say, hey, whether it be the rich or the wealthy or the poor or whether it be the tall or the short or anything of that nature. But He just wanted whosoever will. Whosoever will. And if if God is good enough with whosoever will, then we ought to be good with it too. We ought to be good with it too. We have no place to look down on nobody. Because we was once in that same position. That same position lost on our way to hell. Lost on our way to hell. Didn't think there was no hope. Didn't think nothing would ever go right in our life. But then somebody, somebody was friendly to us. I guarantee you, if, you, if you're sitting here saved, born again, somebody had an influence in your life. Whether it be a parent, whether it be a grandparent, some of that nature, someone had an influence in your life that helped you come to, come to know Christ. We ought to be that person for somebody else. We need to be that person for somebody else. Have an influence. Hey, we're, this, we're the only Bible some people will ever read. And if we spend our time worrying about Spending more time worrying about our pleasures, the things we like to do. Worrying about our problems. Worrying about other people around us. And letting our pride get in the way, we'll never be an effective witness for Christ. We'll never do anything. We need to lay aside some weights. We need to lay aside some weights. The pride of faith. But I thought about this, and I've seen this, and it's sad. It's so sad. The pride of race. It's very simple. That's, that's people, that's, you say... If if someone of color was to come into this church, sat down, of someone of a different ethnicity or, or or from a different origin, country of origin, what would happen? I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna talk to them. And I'm gonna shake your hand just like anybody else. But that's not the case in every church you go in. It's not the case in every church you go in. I've preached in churches that have been so mean to people of a different origin than them, and shouldn't be like that again. We don't have to lay aside that pride, but I thought about this. The pride of grace. Pride of grace. You know what that is? That's when you come in, you get saved, you get born again, your family saved, born again, and therefore, you care nothing about the people that aren't. Care nothing about the people that aren't. Hey, you're saved, you're born again, why should, and your family saved, why should I care about anyone else? That's a mentality a lot of people's got this day and age. It's the pride of grace. I thought about this, pride will blind you. Pride will blind you. Pride will, pride will make it seem like, like your pride will tell you that everything's right, that everything's fine when it's not. When it's not. Pride will blind you. But I thought of this, pride will bind you. Pride will bind you. I know so many people, even preachers, that are so bound down in pride. So bound down in pride. Hey, they're too good to shake your hand. Too good to speak to you. Hey, if you don't, hey, if you don't, if you don't pass your church with 500 and want to give them a booking to preach, they won't even look your way. Amen. That's how some of them are. That's how some of them are. I know so many people bound down by pride. People on church pews bound down on pride. I know a certain church at this point right now, they're, they're without a pastor, their deacons got prideful and, 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 and wouldn't apologize for a wrong in the church, and therefore the pastor ended up having to leave. They run the pastor off. And now that church that once ran 100, 110 people on Sunday morning is running 25 and is dead as a doornail. And it's all because somebody wouldn't jump their pride and lay aside their weights. 
You say, well, we, we're at, we go to Amazing Grace. We support so many missionaries. Things are going so great. Hey, we're just one person not judging their pride away from being in that same situation that they're in. We need to lay aside some weights tonight. We need to lay aside some weights. I thought about this in conclusion. We must lay aside our weights if we're ever going to do anything for God. The phrase lay aside simply means this. If you study the Word, it means I'll not even try to attempt attempt to read it. If you... If you want to know it, then you come see me and I'll show it to you after church. If you were sprayed by a skunk, you would do the best, you, you would do the best you possibly could to get that smell off as quickly as possible. This is the same meaning behind the word lay aside in this Bible. Same meaning. That means to quickly, as quick as you can, to cast it off, to get rid of it, to throw it off. I like that, cast it off. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast in all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. You know, it's one thing to know that we can cast our cares upon Him. But it's another thing that knows that He really cares about them. That He cares for us. I asked you tonight, I want, I, want to, I want to tell you a story. Madeline, if you would, would you come to the piano and begin to play softly? I want to ask you, I want to tell you a story. I read this and I wish I'd wrote it down, but I'm going to try to remember it. There was a, a great ship, a great captain of crew, a warship in the American Revolution. And they were sailing on a ship. And then all of a sudden, as that war began to rage, and they, they hit an iceberg, hit a rock, something in the water, and that ship began to sink. Well, the captain of that boat, he had this one thing in his office, in his quarters, the captain quarters. It was my he was his statue. He he, he had a stat he was a statue of him, a trophy for how, how many battles he'd won, how great of a person that he was. And as the ship began to sink, he grabbed hold of that trophy, the one thing he loved more than anything. And as he hit the water, he began to sink. His crew quickly swam to where he was to try to rescue their captain. And as they tried to pull him out of the water, they noticed that he couldn't. It was too heavy. That statue was weighing him down. It was weighing him down that he was going to go under. The moral of the story is this. You can be rescued from your storm. You can be rescued from your wreckage. But you don't have to let go of your weight. You don't have to let go of that weight. You don't have to put that pride aside. You don't have to let go of that weight.